is Christine Conti, and you are listening to best-selling author of Split Second Courage. What if your fears were the key to your dreams? That's right, everyone. Available on Amazon right now as an ebook or paperback. Grab your copy today and unleash your inner superhero. What is holding you back from living the life you truly deserve? It is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazy. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Mm-hmm. It sounds like there's a raging party going on outside of our There's a hallway door. party. Yeah. I, like, they need to keep they it down knock out it there. off. Yeah. I'm going to go whack them with my microphone or something. We're holding them right now. They have a lot of fun. Hey. Honestly, we're talking about people that are that help kids with special needs. Yeah. So, honestly, they can be as loud as they want because they're fantastic. doing amazing things in this no, world. No, no, it's it's uh, it's pediatric physical therapy and <sighs> occupational therapy, and I share the office. I share the building. They're in the building that my office where we record is in, and they they God bless them yeah. have a great time. They do awesome work. It's pretty special. I like watching. Um, we get to walk by that on yeah. the way to 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 then speak with amazing guests that have awesome stories. So it's really, I mean, it's kind of a cool, cool what, little place a, to be. A you whole know? scene going on here. Seriously, this building right? with physical therapy, there's like, we could get our eyes checked in the front, <laughs> with the optometrist, all that, you know. Right. Not too, not too bad And here. a health coaching slash yeah. podcast studio. Yeah. Right. Where we come and help people out, talk about different things and modalities of mm-hmm. fitness and and nutrition yeah. that sometimes includes donuts. It does. It totally does. Okay, that was our great segment. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> Into the amazing Rachel Lavin you're going to hear from today. She is the author, are you ready, of The Donut Diaries. Hysterical. She is an educated, you know, longtime experienced fitness professional and trainer she's lived all over the place and <laughs> she's all about body positivity self-love and the whole idea of undieting and she is here to talk about her book and her message and what she's out there to change in the fitness industry and and social media and you know everything that's out there right now that is real body shaming and she has been Everything from she talks about being size zero to size what was the other size one size twelve so, yeah from yeah from size twelve through size zero and it's just an interesting perspective a great conversation about being treated differently with what you look like and I I thought it was I, she's I, fun absolutely and look we we know this and this is you know something that is often overlooked that there is. A whole lot of health and wellness and, you know, success in that homeostasis, in that simpatico that we get within our bodies when we're, our mind's okay with things, right? And our body's okay with things. And that's usually that flow state where, you know, results generally happen. It's when we're grinding and it's rigid and we're kind of stressing out way too much about things that we're eating and, uh, you know, on our workouts and hitting every single workout on the schedule because if I don't, I'll fail. I'm a <laughs> failure, you know, and all that kind of thing that, that that people get wrapped up in. 
And I think that we found some flow state within, mm-hmm. uh, you know, within some donuts. Uh, we even get into the best donuts on the planet. As you said, Rachel had moved around quite a bit. Uh-huh. So she's, she's, uh, she's a, a bit of a connoisseur when it comes to that. But you can be healthy and do some things that allow you to relax. Or if you want a freaking donut, eat the damn donut. Exactly. And don't feel bad about yourself. Exactly. Okay. There, and this is some of the, the rough real talk. Brian and I were just on a similar webinar for, you know, disordered eating and this and that. And, you know, if you're feeling like, oh, I, I can't eat that or, or I did that, I ate this and now I feel bad about myself. What are you thinking? Like, this is not, food does not define who you are. And Rachel has a lot of experience with this and, you know, the whole idea of, you know, she's going to get into the whole title of why it's called the Donut Diaries as a, fitness professional naming her book um and i think you're really going to enjoy it and through some of her stories you will definitely relate i think you're going to enjoy it too so let's get to it what do you say two fit crazy on a microphone podcast coming at you enjoy everybody Welcome to another awesome episode of the Two Fit Crazies and a Microphone podcast. And today, it is a fantastic Friday. Brian, how you doing? I'm doing well. I'm feeling good. A little hungry, maybe a donut or two. Yeah, donut? Yeah. Mm, I love donuts. Yeah, mm. yeah. You know what would be even better? If there was like a diary written about donuts. Like an expert who wrote a, di- a d- the donut diaries, we'll call mm, it? That's Hmm, that's interesting. Sounds familiar. What's the Donut Diaries? <laughs> Maybe we should ask the the amazing author of the Donut Diaries, who is on our show today, Rachel Lavin. How are you? I'm doing great, you guys. How are you? Awesome. We are ready to get into a deep dive about the Donut Diaries. That is for sure. Sounds good. All right. So we'll call it The Donut Diaries, A Personal Trainer's Tale of Being Every Size from 12 through Zero. What? All right. Rachel, okay. We have so much we have so much to talk about. Number 1, you're just fantastic. I love you tons. And oh, also, where are you coming to us from today? Greenville, South Carolina. But that's not where you're originally from. No, this is will be my seventh state I've lived in oh. my whole life. I was originally uh, born and bred in Northern California, but I was living in New York City for the past 17 years, Woo! and then after everything went down there, and we decided that it was not going to be sustainable to continue living there, we've decided on Greenville, and we love it. We've been here a few months now, and I, I love it. I what? love it. I got to ask, why Greenville? How'd you land there? Oh, that's a long story, but really quickly, <laughs> truncated. 
2021, we lived with family and took three different road trips and picked like three states each time to possible like new places to live. And nine states hated. We're like, no. (laughs) And then um, we happened upon South Carolina was our last stop. And we came upon Simpsonville and Greenville. And my first question to my boyfriend was like, is there a Trader Joe's? He's like, yes. I'm like, great. Let's do it. It's got a lot of action. I have a friend that lives there and, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a big enough place, but mm-hmm. not super big. And, you know, certainly no New York City as far as size. And, you know, but it's got everything you need. You can make, you know, you might get some concerts coming through there. You got good restaurants, you know, and all the things that uh, yeah. kind of make life a little bit better. And it's a little warmer Absolutely. in the winter. There's a waterfall. There's a waterfall park right in the middle of downtown. And we live two miles from downtown. And it's just, so glorious to go walk there in the morning or have dinner there at night. It's just amazing. I love All it. All right. Ringing endorsement for Greenville. I South feel like Carolina. we're, we need to, we're, we're going to come of, visit. I'm just kidding. Chamber of commerce. <laughs> oh man. So take us, take us through this. You, you've been in the fitness world for how long now? I have been in the fitness industry from baby Rachel to now for about 25 years. Started off Group X, like we all do, uh, morphed into personal training, health coaching, and now author. All right. Take us through this journey. So you, when you were younger, you were like, I want to be a fitness professional. How the heck did that start? How'd that go down? Well, I think that I was fortunate enough that had parents that kind of let me try everything. I have been involved on a swim team. I did gymnastics. I've done every kind of dance you can imagine. But my first love of my life was ice skating. And I ice skated for, you know, about five to seven years. It's kind of foggy now. But um, I just loved it. I never had the intention that I was like going for the Olympics, that I wanted to do all that heavy, you know, competing. I just loved it. It made me happy. And I did local um, competitions, but I, I never thought about going professional. But as I grew older and started, you know, going to high school and meeting some boys and got a boyfriend, I kind of just let that go to the wayside. But I never stopped moving. I always did dance or I even took jazzercise, which I became an instructor, which I talk about in the book. And um, it's just movement has been a part of my life, my whole life in some way, shape or form. And when I... Uh, was working for Bowflex. I'm sure we all have heard that name mm-hmm. before. Um, I was listening to the call center people saying, oh, no, this is how you chest press. And I was like, how can you tell someone how to do an exercise properly if you're not there? And luckily, Portland Community College had a one-year certification program. It didn't It was basically to get you ready for your ACE personal training exam, but it encompassed everything like exercise science, how to, you know, cue someone, like how to do assessments. And it was a really good program. So I immediately enrolled in that. It took me a couple of years to graduate, but that's okay. That's another story. But once I graduated, I got an amazing job at this place called Club Sport in Portland, Oregon, which unfortunately is no longer there. But it was the best job of my life. I had great mentors and I worked with really smart people. And then in 2007, I said, all right, I'm going to go fulfill my dream. I'm moving to the Big Apple. And I've been personal training ever since. 
All right. Take us through the Donut Diaries. All right. This is, we can't even, I know we're so excited about this because you write on here the trainer's tale of being a size zero through 12. Now, I have read the book. Okay. And I think that it, some of your story resonates with everyone out there, whether you are a personal trainer or whether you are just, hey, a human being, you know, trying to navigate the world of what should I look like? What does the, what does the rest of the world expect me to look like? How, you know, what do I do about my physical appearance and my health and what is going on? Because as a personal trainer, sometimes you are held to these unrealistic expectations and you've had quite the journey. So what, without giving away, we cannot give away the whole book because everyone needs to go get the book and read it. Talk first about why is it called the Donut Diaries? Well, I didn't want to start the podcast off in a dark place. So, but basically, you know, I've had body image issues my whole life. And, you know, there are so many foods out there that people tell us you can't eat that or else you're going to be a fat ass, right? So donuts have been my love-hate food for most of my life. I love them. They're but so obviously good. I, so good. So good. Um, but obviously I didn't eat them for years and years and years because they were going to make me fat, right? I mean, ever since I've written the book and kind of shared my story and have had epiphanies that, you know, not one food out there is going to make anyone fat. Um, but I just, I love donuts and I wanted my book to be inviting and relatable. And so that's where the title came from. So, so tell us a bit about that. I guess the, uh, both, both the, you know, the historical way that, you know, some of these junk foods or some things are, are looked at, you know, as far as dieting and, you know, saying, okay, we can't have those anymore if you want to be healthy, you know, like the restriction of it all and, and, you know, and, and, and diets in general, you know, how is it that you, um, experienced them and went through them and, and tried them and then, you know, came out the other side, understanding that, uh, maybe some of these foods, you know, aren't to blame and to be taboo. Uh, you know, what, what, are, what are your thoughts on that? How do you take us through your journey there? Absolutely. As long as I can remember, I've been on a diet. I tried everything that you could possibly imagine. I mean, you know, Christine, I'm sure you remember the, um, what was that one diet that was a drink and it was like the Hollywood diet. Nutri-Slim? Or, you know, the LA diet or, which one? Slim Fast. No, Slim Fast was a whole other animal. Like I the, did that for years too. The lemon detox was, thing with the cayenne yeah, and the, like all that, that shit. Yes. Uh, yeah, crazy. Whatever was the new thing, I guarantee you, I tried it. There were a few diets I went back and forth to, like the Slim Fast diet. Um, Adkins, of course, was the big rage. And but what I've learned as I've gotten you know older and I've gotten more and more experience it. Any diet, all it is is repackaged restriction, right? I mean, it just tells you don't eat this, don't eat that, but you can eat that. And I was tired. I turned 40 years old and I was so tired of being unfulfilled. I was a size freaking zero, but I wasn't happy. I wasn't, I wasn't feeling like 
I was going through life experiencing things when I, all I could think about was I can't eat this, I can't eat that, or I've already eaten three times today, I can't eat anymore, even though I was freaking starving. I mean, I'm sure you guys have both been to New York. You are walking everywhere. You're burning a ton of calories. So I wasn't sufficiently fueling my body. And I was sick all the time. I was always sick and I was always tired. And so, you know, as my 40th birthday is approaching and I was telling a client of mine, don't eat that after our workout because it has too much sugar. And you know how they say sometimes like that light bulb just goes off. And I was like, what the, why, what am I saying? (laughs) You know, I said, it's a banana have it, you're fine. And I just found a book and I'm happy to like tote this woman because she, she opened my eyes. It's called the, can I say a bad Mm. word on here? Yes. (laughs) It's called the fuck it diet. Mm -hmm. The fuck it diet. And I read her book and I read her journey and I was like, wow, this is everything that I have done to myself my whole life. And so I decided that the first thing I wanted to eat, but that I wasn't allowing myself to eat was a donut. And I sat there in Central Park and I ate my donut and I was in heaven. I was in heaven. It tasted good. I didn't gain 20 pounds instantaneously. And I went on about my day. And so it was a, it's a slow thing. And trust me, you guys, there are still days when I'm like, oh, should I eat that? Because it's just old. It, it's stuff that's been in my, my brain for, you know, almost 50 years. It's going to take time for me to realize that, you know, I can have a donut or I can have pasta and I can still eat all the foods that make me feel good. My salads, my fish, my whatever, but I don't have to beat myself up anymore. And I don't have to tell my clients that they can't enjoy foods anymore either. There has to be, I know we overuse this word balance, but you know, there has to be something in our lives that, we know that there's this, there's that, there's that. We can have all the things. I hope that answered your question. <laughs> mm-hmm. It. I mean, the the best part of reading your book is when you just are, literally were like, "Eat the damn donut, like eat it." And but you have to get to that point. And what I think is interesting for you, you are in the fitness world, so you're walking this fine line of you know, I, I should be eating a certain way and I should look a certain way and I need to walk the walk and, and will I be respected or what? And what's interesting is I think every single one of us, you know, fitness comes in all shapes and sizes. You don't have to be a size zero. You don't have to be a size 16 to, to be healthy. And I think that, I mean, I hate the fact that social media and you know, everyone distorts this and, and yes, you know, we're trying to, oh, plus size models and this and that. But when push comes to shove, who, who are the people that, that people want to look at? Who's getting these, you know, modeling contracts still look at the runways. You're still not seeing, you know, a huge change. So like you're saying, there's something that's deep seated into our culture no matter how much you want to say, oh, we're including everyone, who are you going to pick? The trainer that has bulging muscles or the trainer that's like, mm, can't really see their muscles. Maybe they're strong. Maybe they're healthy. 
but you, you're like, Hmm, now I'll go with that person. How, how have you seen this and how have you kind of battled this? I guess. That's a great question. And I think what I'm doing is just taking a step back and taking all of those things into consideration. But what I'm trying to do on two levels, right? So there's the me who feels free and who wants everyone to feel free and eat whatever food you love and keep moving your body. Because that's the one thing I am trying to make sure my message is super clear. I don't sit on the couch at home and eat a box, a dozen, a dozen donuts every morning, but I move my body. I eat the food I want and it's not a scorecard anymore. It's not like, well, I have to do a 90 minute workout. No, no, no. It's everything is just nice. I work out, I eat, I work out, I eat. Like I'm just, I'm just trying to be happy. Right. But there are so many people, women and men who just are not there yet. And I'm not sure they'll ever get there, which is cool, but I'm trying my best to be as open-minded and open-hearted as I can to not push somebody to do what they're not ready to do, but just be an example and to share my story and hopefully people will realize that they're not alone because that's the biggest thing. You sit there in this dark room and you beat the shit out of yourself about what you're eating and you feel alone and you're just, you're not, we all have body image issues, men, women, um, children, unfortunately. And that is people who are a size double, double zero and a triple, triple, whatever. We all have something. So I think the more important thing is, Let's just keep the conversation going without judgment. And I'm not sure that we're there yet. Uh, well, I talked to Rachel about what Carly and I you right. know, do with, with the eating disorders and the words matter. And, and that's, you know, Rachel and I had talked about that, that it's people don't seem to be ready well, to have these uncomfortable conversations of, hey, you know what? Mm, that's... You know, you keep saying negative things about yourself. You just said eight self-deprecating, you know, sayings. And and now you're not going to, you know, come out with us and you're only going to have this. And you just pulled a chicken breast out of your pocketbook and you think that's okay. Like kind of weird. And we're at a restaurant. It's not like you're in the middle of a jungle. Um these are the, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, somewhere no. camping, yeah. like you're in the middle of New York City. What the heck is happening? Um and I think that there's, and I don't know, I don't know what the right answer is at this point. And I'm, I'm throwing men, women, everybody, um, at this, but what, you know, what, what do we do to help open up the conversation and open the dialogue when this is like a, you know, you'll ask someone, Oh, you're, you know, you're, you're looking stronger. You're, what are you doing? And sometimes people are just like, Oh, nothing. Yeah. Meanwhile, it's like, okay, you haven't, you ate 400 calories for the last five days. Like what's happened? What's going on here? I agree with you. I think that what, for me, what seems to be working with my clients, because they started, once the book came out, they're like, oh, I can't tell you how I feel. I feel fat today. I was like, absolutely not. You can Mm -hmm. just know that I'm not going to uh, enable that kind of talk. But I will recognize to meet you where you're at and say, I hear you. I understand that feeling. And it's okay to feel that way for five minutes. 
but what can we do to get ourselves out of it? Or what can we do to change that mindset? But I'm never going to force someone to get to a place they're not even close to being ready for. So, so how do you advise your clients or advise the person and, and, you know, maybe even in a way, you know, understanding that there's a rewiring that needs to be done both personally with the, with the person individually and, you know, the uphill battle of society, which also needs to be rewired and, you know, and, and, and have them understand that, you know, like you said, the stress of eating that thing, you know, is far you know can be as unhealthy as the thing itself whether it's a donut you know the stress of not eating it can be more unhealthy than the donut how do you how do you approach it how do you go about it i mean besides writing a book about it um (laughs) you know how how do you uh you know have that discussion with them and have them understand it i ask them to you know first of all are you happy second of all Do you want to continue to feel this way about yourself? Third, do you want to change? Do you want to feel differently? Because the point is, like, I can tell you how I got through it and how I still get through it. But if you don't do the work for yourself, you're not going to get there. Um, So I do my best to, like I was saying earlier, I want to be a support system. I want to be someone that you can trust and you can talk to, but I can't do it for you. So that's why I really made a point when I wrote my book to share it from my perspective, because the last thing I wanted to ever do is make people feel shameful more than they already do. I didn't want anyone to feel like, I did it. So you have to do it this way. That's just, it doesn't work that way. I mean, you have to get there your own way. I mean, there's things in that book that I read before that I had heard a thousand times before, but for whatever reason, how she said it in her book dawned on me. It was like, Oh, I don't have to do this anymore. I don't have to sit here and cry because I ate a piece of chocolate or, you know, get pissed off because I can't eat this. I don't have to do that anymore. So I really do my best to, I mean, especially my current clients, which are mostly women, I do my best to just listen. And I ask, do you want my advice? Do you want me to tell you how I would approach it? And sometimes they say no. (laughs) So I, again, I'm not a magician. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm just a woman who has felt this way about my body my whole life. And I'm sure that other people have too. So all I can be right now at this point is your ally. There you go. Tell me about the whole, and I think it's intriguing, the whole zero to, or every size from 12 through zero. How, I mean, can you enlighten us without giving away every piece of the book to how that happens and what that journey was like? Absolutely. I don't, again, I'm coming from a place of my experience, but inflammation can mask as weight a lot of times. So if you're not eating the proper things to nourish your body, it can look like you're a ton overweight, but you're actually inflamed. So when I got down to a size zero, I was doing a different kind of a workout. I was eating anti-inflammatory foods. I was working with an anti-inflammatory nutritionist. And the weight, literally, I'm not kidding you, it just fell off. 
And so I know that I'm capable of getting to a size zero, but what I have to do to maintain that, especially at 50 years old, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm sorry. I'm not doing that. So, um, you know, size zero when I was about 35 years old was the lowest I've ever been in my entire life. I spent most of my life um, at a size 810. And I also talk about having a set point. All of our bodies do, you know, and once you kind of become friends with whatever, whatever set point your body is, then you can work around that. You can move your body, you can eat the foods, you can do all the things. But if you don't pay attention to your body and what it feels the best at, and I'm talking everything from your sleep to your mood, to your poop schedule, to all those things, and you're starting and you're striving to be a size zero, that just doesn't make any sense. You're going to be a miserable human being. So once I realized that and I learned that about myself, I was like, okay, size eight, 10, it is baby. Here right. we go. But I am happy. I'm happy. And, and, you know, you, you're using size as a, as your reference, but for most it's weight and, you know, we, we're all just guessing. You know, we don't really know what we're supposed to be or how we're supposed to be. You know, it's just kind of like less is better and, and I'm going to shoot for that or, uh, you know, so it's all like none of it's based on anything other than a, you know, a desire to be a little bit lesser. You know, one thing's going to be healthier than the other. So, you know, how do we how do we get away from even that, um, you know, mm. look looking at things? And, and like you said, how do you feel? You know, are you happy? Um, you know, so how do you and, and, and what do we do and what do we do from there even if what we think we're doing is right, whether it's eating a donut or eating the kale, actually <laughs> is going against, you know, what's what's healthy for us. Um, you know, mm. in not every case, the donut is going to be healthy, right? Let's be fair. Right. Um, and in not every case does, you know, a, a plate full of kale going to be healthy either. I think that there's probably, um, you know, uh, somewhere there's a, there's a balance, like you said. So, yeah. so how do we kind of get away from measuring all of these things and go getting towards what we feel like? That's a great question. I don't know, um, Brian, if we're ever going to be able to get away from the numbers because that's just how we do it in this country. Sure. It's a size small, medium, or large, or it's a size two, four. I, I just don't think – I could be wrong. Right. I just don't think we're ever – you have to – it has to come from acceptance of who you are, you know, to just be okay with – I don't care if my tag says medium, small, extra small, or extra large. I like the way this top fits on me. You know, that's what I'm trying to do is just to think about the fit and how it makes me feel as opposed to what size it is. Um, so I'm not sure, but my advice, what I do is to get to know your body because you're right. If I were to sit and eat a plate of kale, my stomach would distend out to here and I'd be farting up and down. (laughs) You know what I mean? So you do have to know what kinds of foods work well for your body. And that's a completely individual thing. You know, um, like you're saying, not everybody can sit down and eat a donut. And an interesting fact is I don't do well with yeast donuts. Like if I were to sit there and have a yeast donut, my body would not respond the way a cake donut would. I don't know why. It's just something my body doesn't, or 
what's the word? It doesn't deal with very well. So I've gone through all that. I've learned what foods make me feel optimal and how you do that. Like I was mentioning before, your mood, your energy, how you sleep, how you engage with other people. If you start paying attention to all those things and kind of put the food to match that and you just eat those foods, I feel like we all have to do that. We all have to figure out what makes Rachel feel good. What makes Brian and Christine feel good. I'm sure that um, that is daunting for some people, but it doesn't take that long to sit there with the list of foods that you think you can and can't have. I'm sure there's people that can say right now, yeah, I eat oatmeal and berries for breakfast every morning and I feel like shit. So, you know, it's a little bit of just kind of getting to know yourself. I always, there's, I think I've said this once before, but I remember thinking back in your, you know, doing this kind of reflect, reflection in your mind of when in your life did you feel the best? When did you feel the happiest? And what's interesting is every time I go back to those times in my life, I don't ever remember obsessing about exercise, obsessing about food, even thinking about, oh, I wonder what I weighed at that time. Like it just, you weren't thinking about that. Or wealth. That's or, thing. You know, yeah. like I was like, I, my happiest times in my life are what I, I was like broke <laughs> in college and like, just like having the blast and money was like, great. If I have, you know, it's one of those deals. I, I just think it's fascinating to go back to that and say, what was I doing? Or what, what's different now that I have to have this, you know, this fascination with that number on the scale or, oh, wow, today I'm, I'm feeling a little bit bloated or today I'm feeling really strong. And I think we're almost overanalyzing to, to our detriment of, you know, what is it? Why, why do I have to get... 20,000 steps or that's it. I didn't have a good day. Right. Oh, nope. I'm going to have to walk around the kitchen for the next half an hour. It's and all it's... hinging on these like analytics, what? these imaginary things that we have to achieve in order to, to but why? have success. It's, it's the diet industry for that. It's their fault. <laughs> I mean, have you ever walked into a CVS and literally the wall of diet supplements is bigger than anything else? Or well, maybe not cosmetics, but I mean, it is ridiculous a diet pill for this a diet this a diet that i mean we are inundated with happy equals skinny or happy equals 125 pounds or a size two whatever women or men associate in their mind being happy has always in my lifetime and i'm 50 almost 51 years old has always been surrounded around the celeb diet you know what Angela Jolie's workout is, it's always been just right here in our face. So that's what I would invite, especially young women to do. It's like, you're, first of all, you don't have her body. You never will. Cause you don't have a chef, a trainer, someone who you know does all that for you. So let's just let that go. And, um, you know, let's just embrace what your body looks like. You know, I'm five, three, I'm not growing anytime soon. So I have to appreciate my body for what it is. And I 
am every day. And I'm not going to lie to your listeners. It's a struggle. Some mornings, it's not easy. Or sometimes I put on something and I look in the mirror and that negative response is instantaneous before I feel like I even have time to think about it. But luckily, my arsenal of nice things and positive things that I say to myself, I can at least, you know, correct that as quickly as I can. What I think really helps too with the whole fitness industry and whatnot is changing. And I'll speak from personal experience, changing the idea of food as something that is negative that you have to burn off and you have to, you know, get rid of to, I know for me, when I race or do something, I have to eat. That food is oh, fuel. fuel. Otherwise, I am going to bonk out. I'm My muscles are not going to work. And I know when, you know what, I didn't eat enough yesterday because I'm feeling a little sluggish today or I need to up my water or this or that. It's, you know, that idea of I don't want to feel like garbage. And, right. you know, and, and I don't know what, you know, what that, where where we can start tweaking that. But I know, you know, that's something I, I talk about with, with, certain clients of, you know, I want to lose this or that. Well, why, why do you want to lose it? And is there a way we can feel better? And then now we can worry about anything else. What do you feel better when you ate the the freaking, you know, chicken wings that were smothered in whatever, or did you feel a little bit better when you had something like some vegetables and how are you feeling? And are you moving? That's, Huge. And I honestly, I love donuts. I'm not going to lie. Um, I don't eat a lot of donuts, but I really like the icing on the donuts. I'm not going to. So if mm, you're going to, if I have a choice, if I could have donuts all the time, I would just eat the icing off the top. You can uh, have the rest of it. You're an elitist. Yeah. Mm-hmm, One apparently, percenter. Apparently. <laughs> Um, well, first of all, Christine, can we please make that a T-shirt? Do you feel like garbage? Like, can you coin that real fast? Because that's amazing. <laughs> all good. All good. Oh my! You're like done. Check check. <laughs> it's yeah. There's there's just there's so much to unpack in this. And so, tell me when you were training. This this I think is important to to kind of talk about for a second. You're size zero versus size twelve clients treat you different or treat you the same? Yeah, it was mind blowing the attention I got when I logged because I did this stupid 90 day challenge while we're at work. So everybody at the gym saw this, you know, transformation. I know there's no other word. <clears throat> and every day someone was like, Oh my God, you're so skinny. You look so amazing. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, to me, I'm thinking, I'm not going to lie. Of course, the attention was nice at first, but I'm thinking I'm still the same person. I still train you the same. And I I mean, I've even had, I've had people my whole career tell me my body was not right to be a personal trainer. And let's just throw that in. So when I was a size zero, I mean, I, I did get some new clients because women were like, oh my God, they saw the transformation happened, happened, excuse me. And so just Based on looks, they trusted me. And I thought that was weird. I, d- I thought that was weird. Um, but of course, that is, in my opinion, my strength is I am a good teacher. And I think that I connect with people personally. So the personal trainer part, I'm very strong in. And I think that's why a lot of clients have stuck with me because they've seen me gain the weight back, you know, so 
but they still trust me because we have a relationship now. But at first, when I was a size zero, it was it was just weird. It was just a weird time in my life. I just think it's so hard to be judged on the way you look, and you don't always, you know, books books don't always, uh, you know. It's you know, it, I'm just hearing all this stuff. It's such a crazy industry, and you said it, you know, the, the diet and you know the diet industry and the diet, you know, the, the monster of the diet, you know, take this so- pill. society and all that stuff. But fitness is no better, right? Fitness is the, is, is, you know, creating these challenges and the, you know, these weight loss things and you win an award for, for being this. And, and look, I'm more likely to keep a client if they, you know, achieve, a, you know, if the more weight they lose, the better, mm-hmm. you know, I'm more likely to be retained as a, as an employer or, a, and know, they, and you just told them a, to, to smoke cigarettes and eat ice cubes for yeah, three weeks. Yeah. You know? Seriously. Oh, you want to lose weight? Let's just. <laughs> We'll chop your arm off. You'll, you'll weigh less. Um, you know, but there's, there's, it's true. but it's no better, right? Like my success sometimes is based on how much goddamn weight we can get them to lose. And that's, that's not what I do. You know, like that, that can't be do that. And, and in their mind, I might be failing, right? By not helping them achieve their goal. Uh, and, and, you know, it's a lot of it. It needs to be rewired, like all of it, the whole, the fitness industry, the food industry. The diet industry, I mean, diet, let's just get rid of it um, and, and you know, eat really well for us. Throw the throw down the hammer, Brian. Yeah. But, but, you know, and it's just, it's just a, a hard thing to compete against, really, when you don't do it that way. Rachel? Yeah, I, I agree with you, Brian, but I also disagree with you a little bit because, I mean, our bodies are meant to move. Sure. So if that, you know, unfortunately for years and decades and millennials, that has gotten people in the door. But I can honestly say people like me who don't focus on the weight loss part of it, if that happens, great. If it doesn't, guess what? You couldn't lift two pounds and now you can lift 30. Oh, like, so I course. try to, you know, focus on their achievements that their bodies are accomplishing as opposed to, you know, the belt loops. Absolutely. So I do think that fitness is important, but you're right. We do have to rewire it as opposed to come in the door. You're going to lose a shit ton of weight. It's like, no, come in here and you're going to feel a ton better. Uh, yeah, you know? exactly what I'm saying. The expectations of what we do is, you know, it's just the industry does a bad, you know, job of, of 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 framing it for what it should be and not what it you know what it has to be and you know gyms do it because it's a cash grab right mm-hmm. these weight loss challenges it's 6 weeks and you come in you pay for 6 weeks you pay for 8 weeks and then you know we hope to god we can resign them but if nothing else we get their you know a few hundred dollars for 8 weeks and we're going to mm-hmm. do that quarterly and uh, we're just going to keep grabbing as much as we can you know it's it's just like everything like that I'm getting angry Brian I know let's go angry <laughs> Riled her up. Don't anger her. She Hulk's coming out. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Rachel, tell our listeners why they need to read the Donut Diaries. I wrote my story first and foremost, and I'm going to say it again. I wanted people to feel or to know, excuse me, that they weren't alone. I think that I tell my story in a fun way that makes you realize that, you know, it's relatable, it's fun, 
And I really want you to walk away after putting my cute little book down with all my little donuts on it. Stop being afraid of these foods. Stop being afraid and get in touch with who you are and what makes you feel good and go from there. Like go from there. Start over. I love it. Tell, uh, tell everyone where they can find the donut diaries. They can find the donut diaries on amazon.com or they can find it through my website, which is Rachel Lavin fitness, all one word.com. Beautiful. Right. Throw out your social uh, handles on Instagram. Absolutely. I am Rachel Lavin Fitness on both Instagram and Facebook. Beautiful. Beautiful. And um, do me a favor before we go today. Can you give our listeners, I love this whole golden nugget thing. The golden nugget, the pearl. Give, Drop give it our us. listeners a little pearl, Rachel, from all of your experience mm-hmm. and, um, and the book, everything. Go. Okay. My golden nugget is that it's never too late to be happy. And I know happy looks different on everyone, but to wake up every morning and to be grateful wherever you are with whoever you're with, that is the true gift. Mm-hmm. Drop the mic. All right. Drop the mic. Love it. Rachel, it has been so much fun to uh, to have you on the Two Fit Crazies in a Microphone Airways. And it, I feel like, you know, we're going to have to have a follow-up. Like, there's got to be some sort of, you know, the Donut Diaries return. <laughs> like, this, you oh, know, like, like there's Can I steal that for so my next title? fun. Yeah, no mm-hmm. problem. Just, you know, could... Thank you. I feel like we did like a half a dozen donuts here, right? We need to go mm-hmm. for the full dozen next time. <laughs> a baker's dozen. A yeah. baker's dozen. Yeah. Oh, so good. By the way, what are your favorite donuts? From where? Oh, my God. See? Shout out to Blue Star Donuts in Portland, Oregon. <laughs> the uh, At Christmas time, they do a gingerbread donut. But my favorite, favorite, favorite donut by them is the lemon poppy seed. And I'm telling you, it's like biting into lemon heaven. I love that. <laughs> I love lemon poppy seed anything. What about New York? Yeah. Do New York mm. run? Well, there was an amazing dough donuts. I hope they survived COVID, but dough, D-O-U-H, dough donuts, they were pretty amazing too. All right. Are you a Krispy Kreme girl or no? No. See, I'm not either. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm that's, so that's, sorry, that, Krispy that's Kreme. Like commercial, I, oh. commercial. But donuts. people love that. Like they line up, and you know, especially in the South. Like, no, that's. Like, I'm not a. Well, let's differentiate. Hold on. If you're getting one of their glazed, bright, piping hot off the presses, right. that's amazing. Okay. That's good. But they're you know day olds. No. <laughs> Who's eating day old donuts, Rachel? <laughs> Come on. I'm sure they're out there, Christine. I'm sure they're <laughs> All right, everybody. With that said, this was awesome. Rachel Lavin, Donut Diaries, and I am Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazy. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Peace.